glory, fortune, fame, passion, heartbreak, and success, all on this episode of Behind the Behind the Music. We are your hosts. Oh. Hi. <laughs> Ashley's here. Hi. <laughs> I'm shy. <laughs> and we are going to revisit the classic 90s musical biography show. Um, today we're going to talk about a couple of, well, we're going to talk about one main act, the Mamas uh-huh. and the Papas. And then, and then dabble in some other acts that um, uh-huh. many of which I, I think are kind of funny. And and um, I have to make sure we don't miss any because I, I again, if people are listening, which we know they aren't yet, but eventually they will be. We, they will be. <laughs> we 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 hope they will. Um, we need your help finding the missing episodes. Yes, <laughs> um, specifically. The Millie Vanilli episode. The Millie Vanilli episode. This is this this could be retitled "The Search for the Millie Vanilli episode." That's all. That's all we want out of this podcast. <laughs> I would actually like to do it with with whichever member is still alive. <laughs> Shoot, I mean, Millie or Vanilli? I don't yeah, know which one. It's Rob or Fab. I want to say Rob is still alive. Oh, it's going to be awkward if I'm wrong. Okay, so just to catch people up, last last week we went deep on. MC Hammer, Fleetwood Mac. We jumped ahead, touched a little bit on Andy Gibbs' chest hair. A little bit. Um, as much as we could take. <laughs> I watched some Jim Croce, which we'll talk about. Um, then we have The Carpenters. Do you know anything uh-huh. about The Carpenters? We're, we did not watch that episode. We don't have that one. We don't have... I just know she died of anorexia. Ooh. Or bulimia. Some she, her- horrific thing. Yeah, some eating disorder. She was the one that kicked it off. Like, the whole sort of bring it into the limelight kind of style okay that's, that's I, about all i know and i remember the cover of that album that everybody owned with the heart and yes. then sunny bono they were like we've got to do something on the over of sunny bono in that first season of behind the music <laughs> and then it comes to the mamas and the papas who yeah in watching this episode Last week, I remember you said you really oh, liked nice. the drama and the and the sort of soap opera of it all. And this one, yeah, <laughs> yeah, this one's probably the pinnacle of such episodes. Yeah, um, snuck up on me. Didn't realize these people were such degenerates. Oh, really? Oh, see, yeah, I kind of knew a bit of the history because I remember the whole like Mackenzie Phillips thing. Oh God, yes, we will get we will get to that. Um, so let's. We- Let's let's start at the beginning here. The Mamas and the Papas, yeah, exactly. What comes to your mind when you think of the Mamas and the Papas? Because I was All like, California the trees. Are... <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and do you did you remember or know any specific Mamas or Papas? Uh, I, like Not personally, the... like remember them. Like, I, gonna... I, I actually was surprised I could remember. I remembered three of the four like off the top of my head well i just remember like mama cass she's the famous one yeah and she's the one that always sticks out in my head and as it turned out i I was going into this very excited to hear make your own kind of music i'm like oh yeah it's a later song i didn't really know before and then it turns out that that is actually just a mama cass solo song it's not a mama's Mm -hmm. and the papa song yeah so that was that was part of my my research uh okay so this family for lack of a better term is is a very screwed up group of people the only thing i kept thinking about and is that they are essentially like the lannisters like this was a game of thrones story of people cheating on each other competing Uh, and then if you get into the epilogue 
potentially some alleged incest. So really, whew, this one just, I kept thinking of, of uh, Wester, Westeros <laughs> throughout the entire time. <laughs> It's fitting. It's a fitting analogy. It's a fitting, you know, comparison. Okay, so I'll take us. I'll take us through the story um, uh, a little bit. So it start. Wait. It starts off. You got three three friends. I'll jump ahead to what I thought was the most interesting part. But this also has some of the great lines from their overnight success to their <laughs> over the top excess. <laughs> you, uh, could, you could. You tell- know what. Okay. I need to be a writer for um, behind the music. If it ever comes back, I want to be that one, like that one line writer. That would, you know, like it's such a great job. That would be amazing. In fact, I'm gonna. I think, I think I would like to hear if you have one that you would add <laughs> at some point. You don't have to do it now. Mm-hmm. But, but okay, I was gonna episode. say. Um, I feel like they actually wrote that line, and then they were like, "Let's make a whole show called Behind the Music because <laughs> we need to use that line, <laughs> irrespective of what band." <laughs> To be fair, it could have applied to a lot of bands. Exactly, exactly. So the three original members who did not accept Mama Cass originally because they claimed, John John Phillips claimed she couldn't hit a note, they and 13 of their close friends go to live in St. Thomas to do a lot of acid and hone their sound. Uh-huh. Uh, and Mama Cass gets super jealous and decides to travel um, oh, oh, tra- or, or no, she she was in love with Denny, who Michelle uh, is also kind of in love with, who is married to John. Michelle is married to John, not Denny's married to John. And then Mama Cass comes to St. Thomas to work in the restaurant where they are playing so she can keep an eye on Denny. Yeah. Already feeling like an episode of a, of a TV show. This is like a Maury Povich episode happening and have you ever um traveled in any kind of way any sort of like vagabond (laughs) traveling entertainer kind of thing or known known anyone who's done this kind of thing no i i think that was i mean do people really still do it in this day and age i think there are really probably some committed artists you know yeah possibly I, I, i i oh go ahead i think there's more like communes like i know joshua tree out in california is like a huge like area of the state that a lot of artists are drawn to because it's sort of out in the middle of nowhere and you could have time to think and you know be one with yourself and all that stuff but i don't i don't know i don't i i first personally have never traveled like a vagabond i've camped (laughs) never i've I've never rode the rails like a hobo though (laughs) now i have i have camped probably i can count as many times on like as i have fingers and (laughs) yeah i do not like sleeping outside I do not like waking up moist. It is not my idea of fun. <laughs> no, I will. I will. Yeah, I will go with you on that one. But I, I camping's will, so much fun. I will camp in the desert. That's is Joshua Tree a desert? Yeah. Okay, so I would. I would probably go there. So it's, it's really hot though. I don't think you would. <laughs> so okay, maybe not. So they're out in St. Thomas, and Mama Cass gets Cass Elliot gets hit in the head with a pipe, and. When As she, you do. And she wakes up, she can sing. And suddenly, John Phillips, who just seems like a twisted dude, is like, well, then she could hit the note. And we let her in the band when, as far as I can tell, she's by far the most talented person in that band. Yeah. Yeah. Then they gamble their way into having enough money to fly first class back to New York 
Uh, New York? No. Yeah, maybe to New York, um, and then eventually to California, uh, where they start creating this legendary music. So we talked about California Dream, and that is the first thing that came to your mind. Does that Uh song have any other emotional significance to you? Any any moments where you were listening to it growing up that that bring back memories? Um, I just, my dad was always into, like, that sort of like I always call it like the oldies music. So I can remember it being on in the summer. So I, it, I equate it a lot to like summer and the pool, like, you know, gardening and like the pool and stuff like that. But other than it being Cal, like California, you know, that, that probably hits more home to me than anything else. So I have one mm-hmm. very specific memory. Um, my graduating class, my year at the very small uh, Jewish private school that I went to in Canada and Montreal, Mm-hmm. Wonderful, brilliant, smart kids I went to school with. But sometimes it was like living in an ad- episode of Animal House. And the, Amazing. The culmin- <laughs> and, and I was not a misbehaving kid. Like, if you went back and you asked people, I was sort of like a well-behaved, like, me. Were you the hall monitor? I wasn't a hall monitor. No, I was okay. just sort of like picked on occasionally but generally liked. Like, I had a good sort of middle profile, friends with, I think, I think, I don't know. Maybe not, but I think I, I, a lot. I've, I have the same best friends from high school that I cool. now that I that I do from high school, and so. But when we had our graduation, the insanity of how our grade behaved culminated in what could only be described as the like again Jewish private school equivalent of the last scene in Animal House when the cars driving through the streets and uh-huh. the, and so among the things that happened was our valedictorian came to the graduation in a horse drawn carriage and a white top hat. And his speech in, entirely consisted of quotes from fish songs. And then <laughs> during the graduation, firecrackers went off. And this all, by the way, in a synagogue. And then at one, at one moment, we were all whispering with each other. And we, and we told everyone, all right, everybody get up. And we're going to sing California Dreaming at the same time. And then... <laughs> Only one guy, one of my good friends, was like the only one who had the guts to do it. And he got up in the middle of like the principal's remarks and yells out, all the leaves are brown. <laughs> and the rest rest of the grades like, and the sky is gray, looking around. So that's my California Dreaming memory. Do we know specifically why that, that song was picked? It, it, was, it was just like a song people sang at the time. I have no idea cool. why. It was just people were just into it. I don't, people were into it in the 90s. I have no idea why it was big. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so then, okay, so then another song they play a lot is Monday, Monday. You know that one? Yes, of course. Monday, Monday. Oh, yeah. And I realized mm-hmm. that if you write a song with the title Monday on it, you're probably guaranteed radio play. Oh, yeah. On a Monday, for sure. Yeah. Like, who, yeah. nobody writes a... Does anyone write a Tuesday or a Wednesday? Because, like, if I just wrote a Wednesday song this week, maybe like <laughs> no one's cornered the market on Wednesdays. Uh, I feel there is a Tuesday song. Was it, like, Counting Crows or something like that? Huh. huh. I'm sure there's a Tuesday song. Okay, all right. Like, That's... about Tuesday. I could be wrong. I could be making this whole thing up. I don't know. But someone's got it. Some, you're right. Someone probably has come up with that. So I'm listening to Monday Monday with my daughter on the <laughs> drive home today. And her big question, and I put this question to you. I said, oh, Ashley's going to know the answer to this. She oh, says... put me on the spot. So she's listening to the words, and she goes, so does he like Mondays? This is a six-year-old. Does he like Mondays or not? I can't tell, Dad. <laughs> 
Um, I'm going to go with not. Okay. All right. So there you go. I, our first I, listener I, question. Perfect. Tell her I liked it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I never really thought about it. Because, I mean, it's not as, it's not as like, clear as I Hate Mondays. That's right. The song I Hate Mondays, you know, so. Oh, no, that's an intense song. That's a very intense song. Um, now I'm going to go with Not Really Keen. John Phillips does not like Mondays. Um, I mean, what do you think? Is it a, is it a pro-Monday or an anti-Monday? I, it seems that he... It seems like a nostalgic Monday, maybe. Like he fell in love on Monday, and and but then got dumped on Monday, maybe. I I really was not following the story of the. <laughs> yeah. Like I know they it's went not, in. I know it's not they, as clear as Friday. I'm in love. Like come on. Exactly. Friday. Friday. <clears throat> Robert Smith is in love. Other days yeah, exactly. he's miserable. Exactly. And California Dreaming, they stopped into a church. Like exactly. I got. Uh, <laughs> so. Then they start. Then they they meet up with Lou Adler, and he uh, helps them make their first record. They get the hit. There's this moment where they talk about David Crosby. I love the way they name drop all these amazing famous people that they're buddies with. Drives by. Yeah, yeah. You got a hit on the radio. Now you would just get a notification on your phone as you like very stressfully look at the Spotify numbers, right? Like now. Exactly. Yeah. Completely different time. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, they woke up the next morning. They were famous. They start buying cars. Cass is <clears throat> is expressing her love to Denny over and over again. John's resentful of Denny for sleeping with Michelle, um, and so on and uh, so on and so forth. And then, anyways, the story continues. They do a lot of drugs. John really tunes out a guy who apparently wasn't like that. He becomes a full-blown addict. And then uh, Cass asserts her independence as the mama and papa's kind of dissolve. By the way, there's this crazy part where they edited Michelle Phillips out of the album cover when she gets fired. Yes! And they, like, like stuck the new one. Like, they had her pose for the uh, photo in the exact same position and then just, like, put her on top of Michelle Phillips. Yeah. Jill something oh. or other. That poor lady. Yeah. Ooh feel bad for her because right no yeah. one's ever going to be happy with with her after that yeah that's not a legacy you want to take with you <laughs> and then <laughs> and then um and then it kind of ends around uh their rock and roll oh the Cass's death and then the their, bars, yeah. their <laughs> rock and roll hall of fame performance which i thought <laughs> was all right but it did do you think the mamas and the papas are rock and roll hall oh monterey pops in there too they 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 helped start that um but did you feel like they're they had enough to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which I know is an arbitrary kind of group? I th- I think it's more a case of they're like it, everyone knows them. Like I I wouldn't I don't want to say they didn't have an impact on the on the industry because they they must have if like people nowadays still know who they are and like you say Mamas and the Papas and California Dream comes to mind. Like they obviously did something right, but you you could argue either way. Yeah, I felt like in the end, and I guess, you know, it's it's also this thing is that, like, only a certain amount of songs make it out of a decade when they were really huge, right? Oh, like, yeah. Like, all the songs that were big when we were kids, if you popped on a CD that was, like, the greatest hits of 1995, we'd know all of them. But of not all of those, right? Like, the fourth and fifth Third Eye Blind single have not made it to radio. <laughs> The first and second shouldn't have, okay? <laughs> Listen here, semi-turn kind of life oh my is God. a masterpiece. 
All I can think of is um, American Pie when I hear that song. That's all I can think of. Oh, yeah, man. See, I think fondly of all those movies. The, the Can't Hardly Wait an American Pie soundtrack that has some of the same songs. <laughs> oh, yeah, they did, didn't they? Yeah, they both have that. They have both have Blink-182 connections. Oh, mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, I, I, I sort of left this thinking, like, I wonder. So I have this theory. Mm-hmm. And this is, and, and I want to test this when we look at different artists, which is certain artists in my mind are cooler than their music. Meaning the image, what you remember about them is actually, mm-hmm. and the impact that they have is actually bigger. It doesn't mean they're not talented, but it's bigger. And to me, the ultimate person who fills that is Lenny Kravitz. Cause he's got a nice, Ooh. he's got a nice genre of music. Like, I mean, he's got mm-hmm. a nice, uh, orvra, like I keep using that word. Like I know what it means. Uh, <laughs> Of music, but like, ultimately, he's this like cool dude, and that's why Lenny Kravitz is still around, right? Um, and I wonder if the Mamas and the Papas are cooler than the actual, you know, body of work that they gave yeah. us. Well, I mean, they didn't really have an like a, an extreme amount of songs because I mean they broke up after like what two years or something yeah. ridiculous. Like it was just it was a very short lived. Uh, musical career for them, but yeah, probably I think you're onto something there. All right, so I'll continue to ask you that question. I'm like twiddling my fingers like a devious. You can't see right now, but I'm like, yeah, I'll continue to ask that. Uh, so, all right, now now let's get into the. So you are the improvinator, and sure, uh, that is your your handle <laughs> on, Instagram. on Instagram. Instagram. So I really enjoy the the idea of like just throwing you you know random questions so okay. okay the game so last time we talked about how would you cast the mc hammer movie uh-huh this time i'm not going to open it up to everything in the world you do watch game <laughs> of thrones right you, you, i do not oh you don't not at all no oh man this is gonna make all right then <laughs> no that's well actually maybe this will work maybe it'll <laughs> completely backfire all right fine well i was gonna say is um if you so this again their story reminded me a lot of game of thrones again between the allegations of incest that you read in the epilogue from john phillips's daughter to uh, her own mother telling her she spent 35 of years of her life with a needle in her arm and yeah she's, she's talking about um to all of the shenanigans behind the scenes among the band, I was imagining recasting the the movie of this band, but setting it in the world of Game of Thrones. So okay. I was trying to think of like who would represent each of the different characters, like each of the different mamas and papas, and maybe throw in the producer, you know, Lou Adler. <laughs> Okay, the only people I can think of from Game of Thrones is the little blonde-haired kid, and he always had a crown on. Jo- Joffrey? Joffrey, because he always reminded me of um, Draco. Oh, yeah, he is the Draco. <laughs> that's, that's dead on. <laughs> and um, the other one I know is Lily Allen's brother. I don't remember. I don't even remember his name, but I know he's Lily Allen's brother. Lily Allen's brother. Yeah. Huh. I will... I will Google it. I know it's it's something. His last name is something Allen. I don't know. Lily Allen's brother. Do you know you know who Lily Allen is, right? The UK singer. Nope. Oh, this oh. guy. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Theon. Okay, Alfie Allen. I know. That's it. You know what? <laughs> Based on that alone. Okay, so I will. You you can you can just cast them however you want. I'll put. Uh, uh, but ba- I'll use your characters. I'm gonna make John Phillips Joffrey. 
because he's a twisted dude. Okay. I'm, I'm going to make uh, Denny, the guy who I didn't even, I, I literally had no idea that that guy was the name of the other dude in the, mo- the other papa. No one cared. I thought it was Fred Papa or something. <laughs> anyway, so he can be, he can be Theon. So here I'm going to go out on a limb and uh-huh. I'm going to make Cass. Now this is a, I'm going to have her be the, uh, uh, what's his name? The, the imp. Uh, God, he's an amazing, Peter Dinklage. Not because oh, okay. she looks like him, but because he and her seem to have been these underestimated people who were treated badly because of their looks, but were really these like incredibly talented characters. And that to me, cool. I felt like there was this, there was this connection. Like, I feel like her and Tyrion would have a lot to talk about. Cool. And, and then, um, Mackenzie, uh, not Mackenzie, Michelle, Michelle Phillips. She's, <clears throat> oh man, I, I, I She's got to be sort of like one of the sort of weaker female characters because she's not like she was some sort of mastermind. She's kind of along for the ride. Um, so that's where I put her. But do you have any casting ideas? Ooh, casting ideas. If you were to make Mamas and the Papas the movie? Ooh. Um, I would... I think it's because he's got stereotypes from like the um, NWA film. Like... Well, uh, straight out of Compton, but I would put um, Paul Giamatti as the manager. I uh, don't know why, but I can't. He's, he's, play, just, he's played the manager in like every in, every film, and I think I'm just like he just is. I don't know. I love him in manager roles. Um, he, he could do a great Lou Adler. I, you know, he, I could, he and, could, and it would be different than his other manager roles, like from well, Straight Outta Compton. He's so good though because he can like he can manipulate his voice and like mimic the people's voices so well that I'm like. He's such a great character. I just want him in everything. He's just oh, one of those. He's like, you watch Billions at all? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, we're we're just <clears> caught <throat> up. That that show really. Every once in a while, I sort of lose a little interest because it takes a lot of mental energy, and then it reels me all the way in, and I'm yeah yeah. Deep you have to be in the mood to watch it. Yeah, exactly. And then we'll we watched like three episodes last night, so I was, nice. I was super into it. Um, okay, mm-hmm. so that's so those are the so that's how we would cast the. Um, the good choice, by the way, on on um, on Giamatti. That's that's good one. Now, <laughs> you're, just I like. <laughs> you're you're a big you're a big SNL fan. I'm a big SNL fan. We you talked last week about your your sort of past impressions of the Will Ferrell thing came up when you uh-huh. talked, and I and I'm realizing that so many of these people have uh, SNL memories for me, and this is probably terrible and disrespectful that I'm raising this, but do you remember a specific skit from the 90s? It was... Probably. It was... Because that was a great era. It was Ellen Cleghorn played Natalie Cole and it was an infomercial of Natalie Cole sings with Nat King Cole's old dead friends. Yes! (laughs) Yes! And first of all, that was amazing because it was right when she had done that album with her dad's voice. Yeah, yeah. And they had Chris Farley play Mama Cass. <laughs> Iconic. Still, like, Perfect. it's in my brain and my, like, I can never, ever get that that image of him you know, uh, imitating her. All right, cool. Okay, so. So the, so the other, uh, do you have any further thoughts on the, on the Mamas and the Papas? They were crazy, and that's about it. <laughs> All right. They were absolutely... They were, like, the epitome of the 60s, I think, really, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They kind of had... Like, they, they squeezed all of the 60s into, like, two years. 
two years. Yeah, like they made up for lost time or something. Yeah, wow. So um, I did watch uh, episode 12, which is the one after Andy Gibb, which is Jim Croce. Uh-huh. just like my Uncle Mario did in the 80s. You should say yes. You mentioned this. And I, I learned some very important things. Number one, he's a Philly guy. He went to Villanova. I was born in Philly, so that's cool. Maybe maybe he knew Murray Goldberg. Possibly. <laughs> um, he had. There were great Best Supporting Actors in this one. Uh, best Supporting um, Interviewees, because you had uh-huh. both Arlo Guthrie and Cheech. They were his friends, and so... <laughs> They were, but just, not Chong. Chong was not invited. Chong was not. I guess Chong and him were not tight. But him and Jeez. he and Teach. I again. Um, and so, uh, and then he hung out with like Bonnie Raitt, James Taylor, again Arlo Guthrie. These guys all kind of hung out together on the farm, similar to that that '60s commune kind of thing you were talking about. Ah. Uh-huh. And very short life. They, I mean, they really led with his death. The story is pretty short because they would mention that he oh, died dead. at every commercial break. Yeah, he died in a plane crash, and every commercial break was all about his. Um, was like, and then he died too young, and then they'd give you like one more week in his life, and then they short career, and uh, they. They go through the list of songs, and there were two song names I recognized. One was Operator, which I thought was potentially a song off the Grateful Dead's American Beauty album, which it is not. That is a different song called Operator. It sounds like an 80s like dance hit or something. Maybe. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> it sounds like a Sade, Donna Summer mashup. <laughs> Sade. Uh, and, and, uh, and then the other song, so it wasn't that, but the other song was Time in a Bottle, which I did right. not know was his. You know that song, If I Could Have Time in a Bottle? No. Okay. Well, ring a bell. I don't even know who this guy is. Oh yeah. Well, uh, he, it, so there's a great Muppet. Um, there's a great Muppet skit where they perform this song. Like the Muppets, like the, Jim Croce was not invited, but the Muppets actually performed it. <laughs> and there's this old scientist, and at each verse, he drinks a different potion that makes himself younger and younger and younger, and he's trying to chase himself being younger. And then he drinks one last potion, and then ends up old again. Like it was like this Twilight Zone kind of deep Muppets. Okay. Anyway, so I that was my only memory. Anyways, but the most important thing I think that came out of this was his mustache. <laughs> We are very hair obsessed on this podcast. Yeah, exactly. So, so now, so let's like <laughs> let's do like a like a knockout round. Okay. Jim Croce's mustache, Andy Gibbs' chest hair. Which one makes it to next week? Oh, definitely the mustache because oh. Andy Gibbs' chest hair scares me. <laughs> okay, so Jim Croce's mustache will be a returning champion next week. Yep. Yep. Um, all right, so why don't we take a few minutes to talk through the ones that we're going to miss? Because again, we don't have the full season, so the, so the ne- well, in fact, we don't. We probably won't talk about all of these right now, but we're going to end up jumping to. Um, uh, we'll see. There's Willie Nelson. I watched a little bit of that one, mm-hmm. and, and then we're going to jump quite a bit. I think. I think we're going to end up um, all the way down to Death Leopard pretty soon, which is yeah. from your town. Yeah, Sheffield, man. That's awesome. So, do you, yeah. I mean, I don't want to like spoil any. I don't want to spoilers, but do they like hanging around? Like, are they just like chilling and? Chilling? Oh no, I think they're. I think they're long gone from here. So, some of the folks we're gonna miss include Meatloaf. Does he have any meaning to you? <clears throat> well, that one song that came out in like the '90s, "I Will oh, Do yeah. Anything for Love," oh, but yeah. I won't do that. 
I absolutely hate this song because it was like grade eight retreat and I went to Catholic school. So we like spent a week at like, I don't know, like the nun's house or something like this. Like they took us, we, you know, we couldn't have like music players or TV or anything like that. So I was obviously going crazy because I, I can't do with silence. And mm. at the time, every one of my friends was obsessed with the song and they would just break out at all times of the day with this stupid song. And I, it just, I don't know. It just, to this day, I'm like, please, any meatloaf song you want, just not that one. <laughs> so you would do anything for meatloaf, but just not, just not that. <laughs> so, no, uh, no. So I've seen meatloaf in concert once, at least. I took, okay. I took my wife as a surprise date when we were dating before we were married. And it was a lot of fun. He's also acted quite a bit. And, he has. And, but something compelled me after last week's podcast when we taped our first episode I, I woke up the next day and I was just like I've got to listen to Meatloaf's Bad Out of Hell 2 Back Into Hell the album that you're talking about right now <laughs> and I don't know why for two days life is a lemon and I want my money back rock and roll dreams come through I'm, I'm doing this without notes I remember all these and then this like bizarre acted out play called Wasted Youth where the there's like just a monologue of someone who is not Meatloaf talking about a guitar bleeding okay oh yeah so very abstract Me- Meatloaf Meatloaf had a cool had a very cool behind the music if I recalled but I, so I hope we find it one day and one of the other really interesting Meatloaf factoids I have is mm-hmm. that I believe the woman who sang the voice in Paradise by the Dashboard Light I'm gonna check mm-hmm. this. Was also in. You know what? I'm I'm not batting well. So, um, uh, <laughs> uh, 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 in our pre-show conversation, I uh, I, I got that I got something very wrong. But hang on a second. The woman who did the voice is was also an actress, and um, and she was in. Uh, Hold on. And she was in, at least was in Married to the Mob and in Cocktail. Really? Yeah. Like a lead role or like she's, one line? She's the waitress. She's the waitress. Um, uh, who, uh, do you, how well do you remember, um, how, how, how well do you remember the uh, movie Cocktail? If you mention it, I'll pro- like I'll probably remember it. Okay, so there's it. a scene in Cocktail where he is try in the first bar that he works in, uh-huh. and he um, in the first bar that he works in, and someone asks him for a Cuba Libre. Oh, the, the waitress asks him for the Cuba uh-huh. Libre, and she's really like snotty with him, and and she's like, "We need a Cuba Libre, a Cuba Libre," and he's like, "What's in that? What's in that?" And he's just, he's kind of like losing his mind. And uh-huh. then, and then she finally she, she finally says, "It's uh, a rum and coke." That's and he her. gets and he gets really upset. Yeah, Ellen Foley. Hold on, Ellen Foley and Meatloaf. That's like the first thing that comes up. <laughs> so yes, Ellen Foley, and she appeared. Holy moly! <clears throat> yeah. Okay. What has she, she done more? She done cocktail too. <laughs> she was in cocktail too. She was in Married <laughs> to the Mob. Um, she was in Hair. She was in Tootsie. Wow. Okay. And she was in Night Court. Yeah, she was Billy Young in Night Court. So she was the the first um, 
defense attorney, and I think, or the, the, or the second Post. season, the second season, yeah, the the blonde woman before Marky Post was also the woman who sang um, the female parts in Paradise by the Dashboard Light. I did not know that, so, and I love Night Court. Oh, dude, Night Court. We should. We should be, that's our next podcast behind the Night Court. <laughs> I I watched that show every day, twice a day. It was on at five and five thirty on yes. our local TV, like whatever Burlington Channel had it on. Yeah, twice. Oh man, I was there with you. <laughs> so wait, this is a tangent, but I am kind of curious. What was your favorite configuration cast? Like which, like the Marky Post, sort of that that cast that took it all the way to the end with Oh yeah, Marshall Warfield. Yeah. Oh, Marshall Warfield has to be on it because she's amazing. But yeah, that Marshall Warfield, Marky Post, Harry Anderson, uh, John Larroquette, that that sort of middle era for me was great. Oh yeah, that that that's yeah that that era was great. That show, Bull. Oh yeah, Marshall Warfield was great. I also loved Selma. Selma was cool. Oh my gosh, I forgot about her. I loved Selma, but she died. I mean, that yeah, wasn't no. like they replaced her. But Mar- Marshall Warfield was, was cool. Marshall Warfield, though, is, is top notch. Behind the Marshall Warfield. Uh, I was just going to say, what is she doing now? <laughs> she had a TV show for a while. She had a talk show for a long time. Yeah, that was a while ago, though. <laughs> it seems it, anyway. Yeah, I don't know what she's up to. Um, oh, so then Marcia. there's Gladys Knight. Does she mean it? She's another one that we're going to skip. Gladys oh, Knight. I love, I love it. I love her. The Pips. I, seen Gladys yeah. Knight. I saw Gladys Knight perform with Smokey Robinson. That was pretty cool. Whoa, that is epic. Willie Nelson, who I know he's known for his music, but I really love him for Wag the Dog. <laughs> you know that movie Fair. where he writes yeah, yeah. The, the anthems? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a very, yeah. I would not have thought about that if I thought about Willie Nelson. I'd have thought of tax returns or whatever he got, like, <laughs> hassled for. All right, I'll throw, I'll, throw, I'll throw one more out there. Number 19 is, is Jerry Lee Lewis, Great Balls of Fire. Uh, it's the only song I know. Yeah, oh, he's got Breathless, where he breathes into the mic. I may know it to hear it, but... A whole lot of shaking, yeah. Oh, yeah, of course I know that one. Yeah. And a great movie with Dennis Quaid. Very true. That's, that's a cool movie. Uh, strange taste in, in, in lovers. He, I guess he was. Kinda, he kinda was yeah, he was, he was a mama's and a papa's. You know. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. It was his. You know. Was I mean? it his third? Like it was his thirteen-year-old cousin that he married. Something. Something like that. Yeah. What's happening there? Yeah. Oh, and then number twenty is. I, were Were you a Dave Chappelle fan? Oh, yeah. Okay, so number twenty is someone who I really I don't understand the fascination with, but you know, is Rick James. So we don't have that one. But I know that he came, he took on a whole new pop culture meaning because of the Dave Chappelle show. Rick, Rick James, bitch, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, very cool. Well, this was a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to doing it again soon. Um, shall uh, shall you tell us where um, where people can fi- find you and listen to a- you? Oh Lord, it's just racking up. Um, Twitter, I am comedy underscore girl. Instagram, I'm Improvinator. Enjoy all the pictures of my cats because that's pretty much all I post. Um, I'm also on and Disney and Disney Adventures. Yeah, but those are kind of over now until maybe next year. But you know, um, I'm also on the Gold Nerds podcast, which you can find on iTunes and Podcast Garden. And I'm I'm always hanging around Twitter and <laughs> stuff like that. So come say hi. And I, um, oh, you can follow me at Pancake for a Table. 
uh, on Instagram and Twitter, and you can listen to me get made fun of by my sisters on Friday Night Movie <laughs> Podcast, which... Which is a great fun podcast. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, my sisters are they're they're a funny crew. They they we shouted out to this podcast. It's kind of like in the future, in the past. So I don't know which one. <laughs> Last week they were very excited for us. So they send their oh, love. they send their love. Um, so you can check out Friday Night Movie. And uh, with that, any final words? Any final questions? Anything to reflect on? <sighs> Just I'm glad I was around in the '60s. <laughs> But <laughs> the only thing I got. <laughs> and, and and next time we're going to gear up for a big hometown favorite. Oh yes, that, that yes. that's going to be big. Uh, all right, so um, uh, we discussed the success, heartbreak, passion, fame, fortune, and glory of the mamas and the papas and others today. Thank you for listening, and we will see you, hear you. Yeah, I guess we won't hear you, but you'll hear us next week. <laughs> Bye. Bye.